Argo, fuck yourselves, everybody. Welcome to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantine Enema, the only podcast where we don't know how to say the name of the show. My name is Connor Sullivan. Thank you all uh, for joining us today, and I hope everyone out there is doing great. I enjoyed myself a nice little lazy Sunday today. I watched, I've basically been on my couch watching TV and movies all day, and uh, a few episodes ago, I think it was, it was the, actually, the very first episode uh, we talked about uh, the Dowdle brothers and the directors of Quarantine, and they uh, redid a show called Waco. Uh, it's a miniseries, came out a couple years ago, but it's kind of coming back uh, into the forefront now because it just came out on Netflix uh, for the first time. So I pretty much watched the whole series in one sitting today, and uh, Brent and I have been going down a nice little Waco rabbit hole uh, since, and it's just something I... I vaguely knew about it, but now I'm kind of obsessed with it. So uh, if you know any good documentaries or books or anything like that, send them over because I'm going to have a lot more time on my hands. Uh, and full transparency, I got put on a, put on furlough this week, so I'm out of work uh, for the time being. It's I, I, I'm, I'm doing okay. I can't, We all kind of saw it coming, uh, so I'm... Um, uh, well prepared, we're going to be just fine, got to do the whole filing for unemployment thing now, uh, but that's okay, I got I got a lot going on to uh, be thankful for right now, I got Tony, our brand new mascot slash uh, movie dog uh, correspondent, Tony's been just absolutely amazing, he's the best dog in the world, uh, Brenna's been super great, and you know, this is... This is fine. You know, I'm going to use the opportunity to kind of dive into my hobbies here. Maybe I'll get actually get my ducks in a row uh, and start uh, maybe getting some more guests on here uh, now that I'll have more time to kind of just focus on uh, stuff like this moving forward. So uh, hopefully all this other time, uh, extra time I have in my hands now, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna sink this into my hobbies, going to make, I really want to take this podcast and put it up to the next level. So, So let's do that. And let's get into today's movie. We're talking about 2012's Argo. It was the Best Picture winner that year. Directed by Ben Affleck. Starring Ben Affleck. And this is... It's got an amazing cast. It's just just a... This is just a really great movie. uh, Straight up. So uh, we'll dive into a little bit of that. Let's start with uh, the synopsis, if you guys don't know about it. Uh, So basically... um, in 1979, 1980, whenever it was, uh, when the Iranian hostage crisis was going on, uh, the there were a couple of, uh, well, the people of Iran kind of uh, uh, stormed the U.S. Embassy in Tehran, and they took uh, a lot of people who worked in the embassy hostage, uh, but there were six people who were able to kind of slip away into the streets, and uh, they took refuge in the Canadian ambassador's home. Uh, yeah, Ben Affleck, he plays a CIA agent whose mission is to kind of get them out of there safely. Uh, and the idea that he comes up with to get them out there is uh, that they're going to pose as a Canadian film crew. It's, it's, it, this is, I, I'm really glad that I got to watch this movie. I've been looking forward to it uh, ever since we started this little project because I, I just forgot how good it was. Uh, I feel like over time, this movie doesn't really get a lot of the credit it deserves. It's kind of been discredited. Um, there are some, there have been some issues that have come in uh, to light, you know, with uh, historical inaccuracies and uh, things like that. But, you know, 
get the dump out of your pants. This is the watch the movie and don't read about it. <laughs> uh, this is just this is just a really really great fucking movie, start to finish. Uh, the cast is absolutely amazing, as I mentioned. Uh, ben Affleck stars. Uh, this, is actually, this is one of his best acting performances, uh, in addition to every, you know everything he does behind the camera here. Uh, but cast also has got Brian Cranston, Alan Arkin, John Goodman, uh, Scoot McNary, Tate Donovan, Victor Garber, Kyle Chandler, uh, Rory Cochran, Clea Duvall, Christopher Denham, Carrie Bichet, uh, Chris Messina, Titus Wolliver, and Richard Kind. Like this, it, it, it's an amazing cast. Absolutely amazing. A lot of faces you recognize. Uh, we actually, uh, a couple episodes ago, I mentioned Brent and I mentioned that we're we started watching Chicago Fire, and uh, our our boy Otis makes an appearance in this movie. So, <laughs> small small world, I guess. The cast is. Really, really good. Alan Arkin actually ends up getting uh, nominated for an Oscar for this movie, though I would actually... I think my favorite performance in the movie is actually Scoot McNary. Uh, and he kind of... He plays one of uh, the six who are able to kind of escape. And he's uh, this kind of... He plays this guy who's... You know, he doesn't really trust Ben Affleck's character when they first meet. He's not receptive to the entire idea. He's... You know, he he doesn't have any faith in the plan itself. Uh, but once the end of the movie rolls around, he's uh, the guy who actually kind of saves everybody's butt uh, in the end. And Scoot McNary is ever since I saw this movie, so he's one of the best character actors working today. Um, I don't think that that's much of a hot take, but he like he's just a great great actor. Like, let's go over some of his roles. Um, since Argo came out. Okay, so uh, this came out in 2012. Also, uh, in 2012, he was in Killing Them Softly. Uh, very Pretty good movie uh, with Brad Pitt. He's in makes an appearance in 12 Years a Slave. Obviously, uh, won Best Picture the following year. Frank, he's in uh, Nonstop, The Rover, Gone Girl. Uh, obviously, him and Ben Affleck uh, had you know a positive uh, relationship with one another if they wanted to kind of replicate that stuff. Uh, he... Had a role in Batman vs Superman. Uh, he yeah, he did the third season of Fargo, uh, War Machine, Halt and Catch Fire. He's the lead in that show. Godless, one of I feel like this is this was an awesome miniseries on Netflix that just nobody talks about. Uh, it's a, it's a western, so I can get why you know it's not for everybody, but it's an absolutely amazing fucking show. Scoot McNary is great in it. Jeff Daniels uh, as well. Merritt Weaver. Uh, he was in the most recent season of True Detective, made an appearance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he was also the lead in the new season of Narcos Mexico, which uh, I believe we talked about a couple episodes ago. So, Scoot McNary, if you don't if you don't know him, you've probably seen his face, you've probably heard his voice. He's, uh, two very distinct things. One of the, one of the best at growing a mustache for a role. Uh, he does it several times, and he kills it every time. Uh, yeah, Scoot McNary, I can't wait for him to start uh, kind of... You know, he, he's done the whole character act thing. I wouldn't call him a leading man, even though he's starting to get some leading roles uh, here and there. But he's he's the, he's the best. I can't wait for him to, uh, until the world can He's kind of got this, like, Sam Rockwell uh, quality to him. Like, he's just so good. He, play, he, plays a, he plays a great everyman, but at the same time, he can play these, like, you know, larger-than-life characters. Not, he doesn't really do that the way Sam Rockwell does, but uh, he... You know, he can hold his own against heavyweights, or he can just kind of do some indie stuff and uh, be really cool. So everyone should uh, know the name Scoot McNary. Look him up. 
So again, the cast is great uh, in this movie, but uh, one thing I really, really want to talk about is this is one of the best uh, edited movies. Um, it's one of my favorites, uh, really. I think it's the movie, obviously, like, editing is so... Like, the key to great editing is that you don't realize it's there. Uh, but me being the film nerd, like, I know it's there. And the first time I saw this movie, like, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. And at the same time, it's funny. At the same time, it's, you know, this, you know, kind of spy movie. But it's also got these action sequences. And uh, then you have all this, like, Hollywood drama and stuff like that. It's It, it, was, it was one of the best... Uh, paced movies of all time, particularly uh, the opening sequence, uh, which covers the uh, the raid on the U.S. Embassy uh, in Tehran, and it's one of the best sequences of the last ten years or so. It's it, it's like ten minutes, about ten minutes long, first ten minutes of the movie, and uh, it shows you everything from the protesters outside the building to actually you know breaking through the gates and then breaking into the facility and then actually taking the hostages, and it's just cutting between all these. Uh, different storylines. You have the uh, storyline from the protesters. You have security. You have high-ranking officials. You have uh, what ends up being the six people who escape. Then you have uh, the people who are actually just in the embassy for... Uh, I've never been in an embassy. I don't even know what goes on there. Just people who... Uh, patrons, I guess you uh, you can just call them. Uh, and, you, you know, there's all these uh, fun scenes of guys like shredding stuff and burning stuff. And just... Uh, it's super chaotic and it's really... Uh, it, it's it's the perfect opener. It sets the, the tone perfectly for the rest of the movie. I remember being absolutely terrified uh, during when the first time I saw this. Uh, I saw it in theaters when uh, it came out in 2012, and I went with my friend, and we actually like I said to him right as soon as I got out, I was like that like this is gonna win Best Picture. This was like the mo- the movie's absolutely incredible. Uh, and I really that whole that that opening scene it sh- uh, it shows what a great director Ben Affleck is. I hate that like Ben Affleck followed this up with uh, being Batman, and he just got sucked into that whole like DCU uh, nonsense. And he's direct. This was his third movie that he directed. His first two, uh, he kind of stuck to his Boston roots. Uh, he did Gone Baby Gone, which we'll be talking about at some point, and it's. I, and my, I think that's his best movie, in my opinion, uh, that he made. Then his second movie was The Town, uh, which he starred in as well as directed. Uh, that's probably the most fun uh, movie that he does. It's it's an instant classic, you know, especially for uh, all those Massachusetts kids out there. Uh, but this one is probably... Like, it's obvious that this one is the most, like, Oscar-friendly. I, I still think Gone Baby Gone is... Uh, better pure movie, but as far as the movies where Ben Affleck is uh, directing himself, I think this is probably his best work. So after Argo, he followed it up with Live by Night in 2016. Uh, it was like some kind of a bootlegging uh, movie, uh, you know, based around Boston. It just never really took off. I admit I've never seen it. It, I, it didn't look that great when I was, you know, watching it, and that shouldn't matter to me because, you know, I'm just a Ben Affleck fan in general. Uh, but the, like, I, it never really picked up uh, with anyone. Maybe if it's on, if I can find it on cable or um, on uh, streaming somewhere, I'd I'd actually really like to watch it. Because now that I've watched Argo, I'm back in on Ben Affleck. But anywho, uh, the the opening uh, U.S. Embassy scenes, 
U.S. Embassy scene, uh, that is the best uh, sequence in any Ben Affleck movie, um, in my opinion. And this movie's it's filled with good, uh, you know, really great sequences throughout. Obviously, there's uh, the airport chasing, which is really like the final uh, sequence, final act of the movie. Um, once he gets the group actually in the airport and uh, ready to leave the country, uh, that the whole see like the whole like last act, you're just there's all this like cutting between. Uh, you know, Brian Cranston and his guys uh, in Virginia, they need to, you know, get their shit together. And if they can't, then Ben Affleck can. And then there's also, um, you know, the Iranians, and they're trying to stop these guys. And it's, it, it's, it's, this movie starts and ends perfectly. And everything in the middle is great, too. Uh, there's one scene in the middle where that, uh, so uh, Ben Affleck's character uh, named Tony Mendez, and speaking of Tony's, uh, my Tony's better. Uh, my our wonderful mascot slash movie dog correspondent Tony is a way better dog. Uh, we gotta get him on the get him on the show soon if uh, if we can find if a mo- I'm waiting for a movie with a dog. There were, I don't think there are any dogs in this movie, so Tony hasn't been able to give his takes yet. But anyway, there's a really great scene in the middle of the movie where uh, Tony has to take. Uh, uh, the Americans into public to kind of prove that they were there. Uh, it's some stuff that they need when they're trying to leave the country. And there's this really great scene where they're driving down this road and then all of a sudden this kind of big block of protesters comes up and they have to like drive through the protest to get there. And just the way they shoot, like there's this one shot where the protesters are like kind of swarming in on them and uh, the camera ne- doesn't really leave the inside of the car. So, like you're start, you're it's very claustrophobic, and you're starting to even feel that uh, just with some of the shots they take is like they're shooting uh, in the rearview mirror, and they're closing in on you. They keep coming, uh, coming back to it, and it's it, it makes for uh, some really you know high tension, you know shit here, and it's it, it's great. The movie is like I said, the editing, it's it's the best, um, one of the one of the best edited movies I've ever seen. Uh, and I'm glad that it ended up winning an Oscar uh, for that as well. It won, so this won three Oscars. Let's get into the Oscars because there's this one has like an interesting Oscar legacy. So it won three Oscars. It was nominated for seven. Uh, it won uh, the Oscar for Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Editing. And based on everything I've been talking about so far, I think all three of those make sense. Uh, it was also nominated for Best Original Score, Best Sound Mixing, Best Sound Editing, and Best Supporting Actor for Alan Arkin. All those th- all those categories make sense to me. But if you notice, uh, Ben Affleck, not nominated for Best Director uh, that year. And, okay, so there's two points I want to make out. So first off, so this movie went on to win Best Picture, despite the fact that Ben Affleck wasn't nominated for Best Director. And, like, you'd think, like, well, the guy who just made the best movie, like, why would he not be included in that? And the nominees can get the fuck out of here with what they actually did. So, uh, the Best Director nominees that year, Ang Lee ended up winning for Life of Pi, which, okay, I, that one's fair. It's, it's Ang Lee, Life of Pi is a great movie. Uh, Michael Haneke from, for Amor. Ben Zietland for Beasts of the Southern Wild. Get the fuck out of here. Steven Spielberg with Lincoln. I mean, that's, like, they just gave it to him because it's Steven Spielberg. And David O. Russell at Silver Linings Playbook. That one I don't have a problem with. But, like, the, like you're telling me Ben Affleck couldn't get in here over these other three 
guys, I mean, come on. I like Spielberg's just gotten like he just has to make the movie and he gets nominated. It feels like he hasn't. Re- I maybe I'm, I'm just not the biggest uh, Spielberg guy. Although I did watch Jurassic Park uh, this morning. It was on TV. Uh, it was a nice little. Uh, it was a nice little hangover movie. Nice movie to wake up to. So going into the best picture uh, category, which it won, and this is actually a pretty good uh, class. We had Argo won best picture. Also nominated was Amour, Beast of the Southern Wild, Django Unchained, Les Misérables, uh, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, and Zero Dark Thirty. So right off the bat, Ben Affleck deserves to be in that best director conversation. Amore, I admit it, I've never seen a piece of the Southern Wild. I, from everyone I've talked to about it, I know I don't need to see it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're telling me like Quinn doesn't get in there for for Django Unchained or um, Catherine Bigelow doesn't get in there for Zero Block, or Zero Dark Thirty. Like, ridic- ridiculous. And now, now, now I'm just getting amped up over nothing. <sighs> like this, this really shouldn't make me upset, but here I am ranting away. So going through those nominees, I I don't have a problem with Argo winning. I th- I don't have a problem with Argo winning, but I wouldn't have had a problem with a couple other movies winning as well. Uh, Django Unchained wouldn't have had a problem. Uh, I mean, it won Best Screenplay and Sporting Actor and a couple other things, I believe. Uh, Life of Pi, I, I, w- I would have gotten it at least, uh, at least from just a technical standpoint. Silver Linings Playbook, I could see that. Uh, that's just your throwback, like... Great writing, great directing, great uh, male and female performances in that movie. And Zero Dark Thirty, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have had that one win, but it's still just a fucking sick movie. Yeah, I mean, t- tough call. Tough call there. Uh, that, that was a great year uh, for movies, but Argo won, uh, and <laughs> George Clooney was actually the guy who uh, won for that because uh, he was one of the producers on the movie. All right, so we're going to get into the did you knows here. Um, leading off... In order to make the movie feel like the 1970s, Ben Affleck shot on regular 35mm film, but using the minimum two perforation widescreen frame size, as well as further enlarging the Tehran scenes in post-production to increase their perceived graininess. He also copied camera movements and bustling office scenes from All the President's Men, one of our one of our previous movies, for the scenes depicting CIA headquarters. Uh, so, okay, so I thought this one was cool, but I just kind of want to explain what that means in case you might be confused. So, uh, so yeah, so the 35-millimeter film is uh, something that it's not used as much today. It was, uh, you know, used back in the day. Uh, a lot of films are shot digitally now. Um, uh, but, you know, he used, he wanted to use uh, film gradients that were being used during that time. And if you look at old movies, like, uh, I, don't, I don't really know how to describe graininess. Uh, you just, but you just kind of know it when you see it. It's not like it's uh, not like the colors aren't as like sharp or anything like that. But there's just like something on the screen that just feels a little different. So what he did uh, was he basically shot things a little wider than you normally would have, and then he just digitally zoomed in uh, a little bit. And when you do that, that kind of makes that grain pop out a little bit more. Uh, so very cool. That's just a little uh, fun filmmaking thing uh, that I thought was interesting. Number two, uh, in the film, Tony Mendez hits upon the idea for a fake movie uh, while watching Battle for the Planet of the Apes with his son. John Chambers designed the makeup for the original Planet of the Apes, earning an honorary Oscar for his work. Uh, So one of the characters that I haven't really touched upon yet is John Goodman uh, in this movie. He plays a guy named John Chambers, and as as the fact kind of explains, John Chambers was a 
makeup artist for movies. He did Planet of the Apes, and he won an Oscar for that. But he also worked with the CIA uh, on the side. Like, he did prosthetics, uh, like, for undercover work and stuff like that. You know, guys, if they're going undercover, maybe they need some kind of a nose or some kind of a... You know, some I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what he did. A lot of that shit's classified, but uh, no. John Chambers, just a great American, great patriot, uh, and John. I hope I, John Goodman kills it in this movie as he always does. Um, and, we, and it's fat John Goodman too. None of this uh, skinny John Goodman nonsense. All right, and third and final. Did you know? In a curious coincidence, the Swiss Air airliner that flew the six house guests from Tehran to Zurich was codenamed Argau. Named after the Cannes district in Switzerland. Just a, that's just a little spooky uh, thing. I, I just thought that was cool, and uh, I also just thought it was more fun to say Argao. Kind of made me feel like a pirate. Uh, and we're going to rate the movie, what, scale 1 to 5 hazmats. I realized that I think the last two episodes I've forgotten to do this. Uh, so I, I caught myself, and here I am, admitting fault, hand up, I'm the worst. Uh, but we're going to give this one a 4 out of 5 hazmats. Uh, Argo, just just go give it a watch. Like, ignore all the stuff about the historical inaccuracies. Like, it's just, like, it's such a cool story to begin with. Uh, like, the stuff about them, like, going into, uh, like, going into Tehran and, like, convincing, uh, or, like, trying to pass off this, like, you know, it, we're film crew from Canada and blah, blah, blah. Like, all that stuff's uh, true. Uh, ob- obviously, a lot of the... They took a lot of liberties when they were uh, kind of heightening the sense of, you know, urgency and the action in the movie and some stuff like that. But it worked. So who cares? You know, no one, nobody came out looking worse because of this. Everyone looks better. So, you know, USA, USA all the way. Uh, thank you all for listening uh, very much. Please go follow us on uh, social media. You can find us at Quarantinema Pod. Uh, you can also listen to this podcast. Please like and subscribe. And I'm going to I'm gonna try and step up uh, my game here now that I have all this more time on my hands. I'm going to try some new things in uh, the next couple episodes. Uh, I, we're hoping to get a guest uh, on for uh, our next episode. We're going to be talking about Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me, uh, because I don't own the first one. I only own the second one. Uh, so we'll dive into that a little bit. Uh, in the meantime, remember, don't be a hero. Stay inside and watch a movie.